0: Jesus is here. Look at your neighbor and say, God is, here. God is here. Look at the person on the other side and say, God is, God is here. That's it. That's it. That's it. It's important that we recognize the reality that God is in the room. Amen? Yes. That we're not just here meeting as a community, as a club. Um, we could do that at the Y afterwards, play basketball together been looking for some people to play ball with so if you're out there we got to figure this out we got we got to start hooping, you know and uh we could do that at the Y but not here you know here this is about surrounding Jesus and letting the blood of the lamb unite us all as one body one family you know we've come together to seek and to share a good God That's something we've been saying over the past month in our present series, and today we're actually going to shift into a brand new series, but um, I told Junior, I I whispered to him on the steps, I said, you know that song, New Wine? Y'all know that song? Three people? Um, No, I'm not singing it. (laughs) You don't want me to sing it, but Junior can sing it, and uh, I'll I'll try to like BGV for you, bro, like if I'm feeling it. but, but here's what I would love for us to do together, collectively as, as a family, if you guys would indulge me, is for us to really step into not just a new sermon series, but to really step into a new season. I'm try this side. You, you're the only person pumped, but it's to really like step into a new season. You guys? Yeah. All right, I'll give you guys another shot. The next good point. Just go in. Just go crazy. But here's the thing. What we're going to talk about in this season, in this sermon series, is we're going to talk about doing church as family. All right? So, church as family. And here's why it's important that we pray as we step over the threshold into this new season, because doing church as a family, despite how popular that statement is, is extremely challenging. Doing church as a family is also extremely prophetic. Here's what I mean by that. To do church as a family, we are going to have to cut against the grain of culture so hard that we will have to leave behind popular definitions of what family could be and lean into what the New Testament defines as doing church as a family, what Jesus defines, what the kingdom of heaven defines, doing church as a family. It's not just something that we can use to market and use as leverage to draw more people in on Sunday mornings. But for us to really live this thing out as a lifestyle of doing church as a family, we've got to be prepared and filled with the Spirit of God in order to step out and do this thing for real, for real, for real. Everybody say for real. Together. Let's go. You know what I mean? Are you guys ready for that? Yes. So I just thought it would be cool for us to like do a course of that and like ask the Lord. Like God, fill us up, man. Give us new wine for a new season. You guys ready? Yeah. Come on, let's stand together. We're going to pray. Y'all ready? I could tell. There was some speed to that. So if it helps, just close your eyes for a moment. Let's just focus. Don't bow your head. Lift it up toward heaven. So make me a vessel. Make me an novel. Yes. praying right now, that we would not take this new season lightly, that we wouldn't just look at it simply as a sermon series and say, man, that's a good word. or That sounded great. or That was nice for Sunday, but then forget about it on Monday. God, let the word of God take root, like take real rootedness in our soul, in our spirit, in our mind, in our body, in our flesh and blood and bring forth fruit that the nations could eat from God, like do something in us that would cause us to carry something uniquely different than the world so that the nations are fed as a result, so that the the lost and the poor and the oppressed and the widow and the orphan and people who are confused and who are down and out can receive new wine and be refreshed as a result of what God does in me. So, Lord, we pray right now, start something here. Start something in us that would be like a river rolling out of the sanctuary to refresh people everywhere. All people. Could we just pray that together? Say, Lord, start something in me. Start something in us. Bring new wine out of me. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen, amen. Hey, why don't you guys just stay standing just for a moment longer and let's read the scripture out loud together. How would that be for a family moment, huh? How many of you guys grew up in a church where you stood to read the Bible? I I say we bring that back. You know, I like that, you know, it's tough to be disengaged when you're standing. You know, it's much easier to look at the gram when you're sitting, you know, so... Dang, I've already started in. I didn't mean to do that. I told first service, I said, the spirit of the roast is upon me this morning. Because I felt like I was roasting everybody and it wasn't intentional. I was just trying to share the word. Right? Hey. (laughs) All right, so we're going to say it together. Yeah? All right. God's family is the church of the living God the pillar and foundation of the truth. How many of you guys think we should read that a second time together? Let's do it. God's family is the church of the living God, the pillar and foundation of the truth. Give somebody a high five and you can be seated. amazing, amazing. Amazing. awesome, awesome. God's family is the church. God's family is the church. Y'all got it. So you may have seen this around the building or a few different places, but uh, we have a mission statement and uh, it is our why. If someone ever asked me, why are you a church? I give them our mission statement, not because it's like pre-packaged and and real suitable for uh, someone to ingest quickly. It's not just that. It's, it's our real why. It is why God has moved upon our hearts to plant a local church. And that is this our mission is to grow the family of God. How many of you guys know that mission statement, right? To grow the family of God. Let's all say it together. To grow the family of God. Now, when I share that with other pastors or other people and they say, why are you a church? You know, why would you guys start a church? I said, to grow the family of God. They're like, what does that mean? Are you guys just, you know, trying trying to grow? Well, yeah, absolutely we are. But not as a business. As a family. Not as a brand but as brothers and sisters, right? And here's why. Because Jesus gave us two greats. He gave us the great commandment, and he gave us the great commission. Amen? And so when we talk about growth, we're talking about the two greats. Because when we talk about growth, here's what we're talking about growing in. We're talking about growing as disciples as we fulfill Christ's great commandment. And we're talking about growing in disciples as we fulfill Christ's great commission. Does that make sense to you guys? So we want to see you grow as a disciple of Jesus. We want to see you walk like, talk like, have the character of Jesus Christ. Amen? Like how many of you guys want to be like Jesus? Yeah, come on. So we want to see you... Become like Jesus in every way possible. As a disciple, we want to see you grow. But then we also want to see the church, God's family, grow in disciples, right? Which is through our fulfilling Christ's great commission. What if we just did these things? Does that sound too simple? What if we just did those things? What if we just went after fulfilling those things? How different do you think the world would be? Right? And so that's what our focus is. We're going after that. And then you've got family and to grow the family of God. Those two words stick out, grow and family. And when uh, we say that, we recognize that it's very popular today to call your church a family. It's very popular today to call your business a family. It's very popular you know, to call the coffee shop a community or a family. And you know, restaurants have family meals. You know, where everybody gets together and they eat before dinner service. Like, this is something that is becoming very, very popular in our culture today. And the reason for that is because we are recognizing that the human soul needs connection within the context of community. They need family. And so many people in our culture grow up without a family. And so even the business world is beginning to prophesy to humanity and say, We know this is what you really need. Come here and receive Eve, right? So the business world is starting to imitate what God has given to the church through Jesus to release to humanity. Family. What if the church was really a family? What if we really did that stuff in Acts 2 and Acts 3 and Acts 4 and we shared with one another so much so that there were no poor among us? You know, And we really loved each other, and we we preferred one another, and we honored one another. You guys with me? Like, to do church as a family, what is it that we're going to have to challenge? What is it that we're going to have to walk away from? What is it that we're going to have to give up? What about the conviction that's going to hit us as individuals, not as a collective group of people, and say, oh, yeah, that person over there, they need to hear that. Because they're really selfish. You know, but what about investigating our own selfishness to whatever degree it exists and saying, how can I step into a greater revelation of what it looks like to do the kingdom of heaven here on the earth through the family of the church of Jesus Christ? Come on. Yes. Are you guys ready for that? Yes. I mean, seriously? Maybe not. <laughs> I don't know if I'm ready for it either. Because it is a divine challenge, not only to the world, but to the church as it is. But it's becoming popular, so it's become easy to hide under that banner and say, we're a family, we're a family, we're a family. But when the going gets tough, actually eject and not do family at all. And so that's what I want to talk about as I'm kicking off right now. I'm just going to be very very real and very honest about what it could take for us to see this church become a real family. Are you guys ready? All right. If you've been with us for a while, you've heard this saying, we're not just a ministry. Yeah, you guys know that, right? Well, I wish I could say I made that up. I did not. Um, I I, I didn't think of that at all, actually. Um, Believe it or not, I was actually in a ministry class online, and uh, they were teaching you how to do uh, church. In a way that would build a strong culture. And I enrolled in it seven years ago when we were first starting Iris Nashville. And they taught you each month to do a certain number of declarations. And one of those declarations was, uh, we're not just a ministry, we're a family. And so I didn't really have much attachment to the declaration, but I started making it because I knew that this was something that would help, you know, our church develop. And uh, the people who were teaching it were pretty smart, so I was like, okay, that's what I'm going to do. We're not just a ministry; we're a family. And I did that in prayer, and then I introduced it publicly to my friends and my community, and I said, guys, we're not just a ministry. We're a family. And then everybody was saying it. Everybody was like, yeah, we're not just a ministry. We're a family. We're a family. And then the more people said it, the more I began to feel God's delight on it. And even though, even though I was saying it, I really didn't know if I wanted to do it. But the more I said it, the more I felt like God was saying, that's what I want you to build. That's what I want you to build. I want you to build a family. That's what I want you guys to build. I want you guys to build a family. And the more and more we said it, the more and more other people said it, and the, and the more and more we got pumped on it. We were like, we're doing this. We're not just going to build a brand. We're going to build a family. Now, I know that sounds good. And you guys are like, yeah, that's right. But can you imagine actually going after that? Because it's way easier to build a business than a family. You see what I'm saying? Like You can be unkind to people as you're traveling down the road towards success and call it business. But if you're going to do family You've got to move at a different pace. You can't move so quickly that you forget about the least of these who are traveling along with us and say, Ah, you're wasting our time. You're slowing us down. Get out of the van. You ever go to Disney World with a toddler? I guarantee that that toddler determines when you arrive at your destination. Despite how much of a, you know, dynamic dad that you are, Should have peed at the last place. We're going to make it. Eight hours flat. You you guys guys know what I'm talking about, right? My dad tried to pull that on us. We had clearly Canadian bottles. And uh, we'll just leave it at that. You guys remember those? Weren't those the jams? They, They came back, didn't they? Where are they at? World market. Man, I should preach with one of those. That would be good. Clearly Canadian. That brings back memories. But how many of you guys know that that the weakest or the youngest or the least of these, they actually determine the pace that the family moves at, you know? And so you can't do the whole achiever thing and say, well, if you're not with me, you're against me, get out. See, family's just different. You know, we say family, but then what we do oftentimes contradicts a kingdom definition of what family actually is. And when we started saying this, we're not just a ministry. We're a family. We're a family. We're a family. Guess what happened? A whole lot of people got mad at us. They're like, what? I cannot believe that you guys would have the audacity to say that you're a family because you are way too inclusive. You're letting everybody in. You're letting people who are sinners in. You're letting people who have uh, 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 mental problems in the church. I mean, I'm dead serious. I had conversations like this. You're letting people in who are, you know, they're they're from a different culture, or you're letting these people in. They're not even saved. I'm thinking, where are they going to get saved? You know what I'm saying? I'm like, why, I mean, why wouldn't? We? Why wouldn't we let them in? You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm confused. I'm like, okay, all right, go on. And, uh, and they said, you're just way too inclusive. And, and then they, they, they left our church. It wasn't really a church. It was more of a home group at the time, but they left that home group. and You're not a family you're letting too many people in. Got to have more boundaries. Okay, all right, well. And, and you know, in, in those days, man, no matter what anybody said, I just tried to really receive it and pray about it. You know, because I was like, oh, okay, maybe they're right. You know, and I'd pray about it. But then I'd meet with somebody else for coffee, and they'd say, you're not a family. You're way too exclusive. You don't let anybody in. And I'm like, dang, what am I doing wrong? You know, I'm just like... I'm just saying what God told me to say, man. Like, I don't know if I've got this right or not. I'm just trying to do it. How many of you guys know that family is like a steep learning curve? Like, none of you who have kids knew how to parent when you brought that baby home from the hospital. You look, you're like, oh, my God, what do we do, you know? And so people are expecting us to be like, you know, really experienced, really anointed, really dynamic parents. And we're not even married, and I'm 26. And I'm like, we're a family because God says we're a family. And they're like, you're a terrible dad. You know, and so I'm like, I'm like, and and I was like, you're probably right, you know, but, but here's the thing, like, we're, we're, we are, we're honest, you know, we're real. Like, we have shortcomings. Like, nobody's got this thing figured out. Nobody has a corner on the market on truth, right? Like, we're just doing our best with what God has given us. We're trying to steward it. And so just hold on. Just stay in there. We're going to get it wrong a whole bunch of times. But when we do get it right, man, it's going to be very fruitful. And not just for you and your preferences and how you like to do church, but for our city. You know, because people are like, this ain't a family. But unfortunately, their definition was all about them. this ain't a family well what kind of family did you grow up in where everybody served you (laughs) you know what I'm saying so you didn't have chores (laughs) you know what I mean like oh you could be unkind to your parents not my mama not Melissa Phillips tell you that right now I once saw her take her high heel off and pop my brother in the lip (laughs) telling you right now for not putting on his seatbelt fast enough He said, put your seatbelt on. He said, no. He moved quick, quick, fast, high heel to the lip. You'll move. Guaranteed. So we were, you know, we were like, well, we don't, we're trying to do it. God's saying it. And I was like, we're not saying this anymore. This is terrible. It's causing me a lot of pain, and people are leaving. And I know that, you know, you wouldn't believe this, but it doesn't matter how much you know somebody doesn't like you as a pastor, when they leave, it still hurts you. Is that, that's probably news for some of us, right? Yeah. And so you're like, man, everybody's leaving. And, like, you know, they say we're not good at family. We're not saying family anymore. Forget family. we got a new declaration. Everybody tithes. <laughs> <laughs> that's a new declaration around here everybody tithes and everybody serves in kids <laughs> how you guys think that went over <laughs> here's the deal i didn't actually do that i thought about it though i really did i thought about it but then the lord rebuked me like within two hours before i ever got to sharing it publicly though i like to say the holy spirit has me on a real tight leash you know, and, he, and he, he pulled me back. He said, no, no, no. I want you to keep saying family. Like, you might be missing it, but keep saying it. You might not be doing it well, but keep saying it. You might not know how to do it, but keep saying it. Like, just be obedient. Just, just be obedient. You don't have to be successful. Just be obedient. You don't have to be perfect. Just be obedient. Just be faithful to what I'm pouring out, what I'm giving you. Keep saying family. So we kept saying family. We kept going on. We kept going for it. What we realized is that the reason why we were having so much trouble is because everybody was bringing their own family experience to the table. And that's what they were pointing to when they said, you said family. Well, family should be like this because this is what I got. Or family should be like this because this is what I didn't get. And so these are my expectations. And that's what family is. And so we realize, okay, man, we're all gathering around Jesus, and we're saying we're a family, but we all have a different definition. We've got to come up with a cohesive kingdom definition of what family is so that we can point to it as a bullseye when we say we're moving in this direction. Yeah. This is what family is. So if we're going to do church as a family, we got to define what family is because there's a lot of different definitions floating around right now. There's many ways that you could say family, but here's how... We've chosen to say family, and we feel like that for legacy, this is the proper way, and family is where you're loved into your purpose, all right? So, if you're taking notes, write that down. Family is where you're loved into your purpose. Now, let's break that down a little bit because that definition really is twofold. Number one, family is where you're loved. This is a good mic drop moment, right? Period. Family is where you're loved. This comes first. This comes first. Family is where you are loved as you are. Family is where you're accepted as you are. Not because of what you did right. Not because of what you did wrong. Not because of your successes. Not because of your failures. But you're simply accepted because you're a son. Because you're a daughter. Because... This is your home, and we welcome you to it. You you may have the stench of the pigsty on you from wild living and wasting your inheritance, but let us welcome you back home and have a party for you, despite the fact that you haven't repented yet. Despite the fact that you haven't signed back up for the chores, for the daily duties to contribute to the business, let us welcome you home with a celebration. Why? Because you're loved because of who you are. Yes. This is family. Yeah. It is where you are loved. Loved. Everybody say belonging. Because that's what this is. It's where you belong. It's, it's You belong here. It doesn't matter where you've come from. It doesn't matter your level of education. It doesn't matter... Your sexual orientation, it doesn't matter where, what your family is like. It doesn't matter your education level. It, you're just, you're welcome. Can I, can I say that emphatically enough? I don't, I don't care what's going on in your world. You're welcome here. Is that okay? I don't care where you're from. I don't care what you've done. You're welcome here. You're welcome here Right, I don't I don't see jesus stretched out on the cross Telling one of his disciples to check the resume Check to make sure they you know check their resume to make before they come up here to come to me to get a drink because they're thirsty Check their resume Check their insta followers Make sure they have enough Dang just got too real, right? um but you guys get what I'm saying? Family is where you're loved. So I don't care where you are, you're welcome. Okay? Family is where you're loved into your purpose. Everybody say becoming. See, family is not just about belonging, family is also about becoming. See, you're accepted as you are. Doesn't matter, doesn't matter what you've been through, doesn't matter what you've walked through, doesn't matter where you're at, doesn't matter what your identity tells you, you are in this present moment, you are accepted. But also the church is where you grow, and the church is where you are discipled. The church is where you become more like Jesus. There is spiritual growth that takes place in the context of community, right? And so family is not just about belonging. Family is also about becoming, it is growing into the full stature of the man Jesus Christ. It is growing into his image, into his likeness. It is growing into your identity and your kingdom calling and your assignment and who you're called to be. You guys get what I'm saying? That's, that's, what, that's what family is for us. Now, there may be people who disagree with it, and, and that's okay. That's okay. For us, this is the DNA God's asked us to carry. To create a place where people can belong and become. Can you guys celebrate that? That's what God's asking us to do. So with that being said, you know, I want to look at a few different passages of Scripture just real quick on belonging. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. If you're looking for God... This is a place you can belong. If you're looking for God, you belong here. And then second, families where you're loved into your purpose, Psalm 92, 13, and 14 says this, They are like trees planted in the house of the Lord that flourish in the temple of our God, that still bear fruit in old age and are always green and strong. And that's, and that's about becoming. As you are planted in God's house, as you are connected to God's family, you grow, you are strengthened, and you're fruitful. That's what happens. You become. This is where you become. Now, I know this may sound like a very wonderful, appealing definition of family. I mean, families where you're loved into to your purpose. Like, who doesn't want to be a part of that? A lot of people, actually. A lot of people in, today, in, in today's like, uh, society and culture, they don't want to be a part of that. They're cool with the belonging piece, the becoming piece. Yeah, I don't know about that. You know what I'm saying? And here's why. I, I did a little research on it. Social scientists are actually calling this, this culture that we live in today, radical individualism. Yes. Radical individualism. And, and here's kind of a short working definition of what that means. We have been socialized to believe that our own dreams... Goals and personal fulfillment ought to take precedence over the well-being of any group. Our church, our family, for example, to which we belong. The immediate needs of the individual are more important than the long-term health of of any group. And what this leads to is that we leave and we withdraw rather than stay and grow up when the going gets tough in the church or in the home. It's, it's, It's getting hard. I'm out for three days. It's getting tough. Somebody, you know, in love challenged me so that I could grow into a greater degree of my calling. Well, this ain't, the, this ain't a family. That ain't the church for me, right? And I've had countless experiences with this as a local church pastor. Like, I wish I could say different. I have had countless experiences on the other side, you know, where, where people really want to grow and they want feedback and they're teachable. You know, but I've had countless experiences on the other side where people are like, hey, dude, this is all about my dreams, my goals, and my success, not about the success of the group. And so, so long as that is being assuaged, I'm here, I'm present, I'm ready, but you slow me down. I'm bouncing, right? You slow me down, I'll leave you behind, Right? There is many a social injustices being propagated by that mindset right now. You're going to slow me down, oppressed peoples? Well, I eject from you. You're going to slow me down, poor people? Well, I forget about you. You're going to slow me. We live in a culture, a society of radical individualization. And so I've had some conversations like this of what it takes to do family with people. And I've talked to them not just about acceptance, but about becoming. And as I've had this conversation, I can't tell you how many of those have been absolutely messy. But here's what I can say. When, when I see people stick it out and they stay, they grow. And many times when they go, they end up doing the same thing somewhere else and repeating the process somewhere else until they get what God had for them in that first conversation. You guys, you guys know what I'm talking about, right? Isn't it interesting that when God starts to address something with you, it's our temptation to run away from it? And we may run for five years, but he'll eventually bring the conversation back to that original one. Isn't that, cra- isn't that crazy how that happens? He'll, like, bring it back. He'll be like, you've been wandering the mountain 40 years, man. We're coming right back. Like, you need to know this. Right, because God is way more into processes than he is outcomes. He is so much more into the journey than he is the destination. I can promise you, because he's relational and he likes it. He likes to get in the. In the he wants to be in the car for the eight-hour car ride. <laughs> you guys with me? You know what I'm talking about? That's God, man, because he loves you. He's very interested in seeing you grow into the fullness of everything that you're called to become so that you inherit all the dreams that he fashioned for you. And so when we're like, now time out, we're not cutting off anything except for our blessing. You guys want to grow? You guys want to grow? Me (laughs) too. Me too. And, you know, here's what I've realized. You can actually create a culture of belonging with siblings, right? It's like nobody's in charge. Nobody's leading anybody. Uh, and, but we all are accepted as we are. And we're, we're cool because we're all on the same playing field. It's only circular tables in this family, right? How many of you guys know family begins with a mom and a dad? Right. And so the only way you're going to create a culture of becoming is with parents, yeah. is with spiritual moms and dads. I mean, Paul said, hey, you got a thousand teachers, man. We don't have many fathers. Right. And and I want us to be a family. If we're going to say family, it's not like Allison and I are the only mom and dad. There's tons of mom and dad's in the room right now. It's like it's not just raising up spiritual sons and daughters. It's raising up spiritual mothers and fathers. Because and here's 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 what. Here's what says that you're a discipler when your disciples make disciples. A lot of people hand me business cards that say apostle, but it's not about just having a spiritual kid. It's about having spiritual grandkids. Is you're actually you, you guys get what I'm saying? Because that's that's family, that's lineage, that's heritage, that's inheritance, that's legacy. That's true. And so, if we're going to create a culture of belonging, you know, we can do we can do that. We can just You know, just all be here gathered around Jesus, and nobody ever gives us any feedback, and we're fine, right? But we wouldn't create a home. We'd create an orphanage. Because this is what the culture calls radical individualism, but it's what the church calls the orphan spirit. So to create a place of belonging, we, we actually have to pursue that. And we have, to, we, we have to pursue and we have to have a, you know, just cultivate a desire and openness and a teachability to say, man, I'm humble enough to hear how I can grow. Yeah. Yep. That's real. Let me tell you guys something. If we don't get that, church as a family is impossible. Yeah. 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 Church as a family is impossible. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you could invent church... Um, uh, differently you could you could come up with a new definition, but let me tell you it wouldn't be biblical You could call it church, but you just couldn't find it in acts And I think we see a lot of that in in our postmodern Context in a culture of radical individualism Is that we've got to create a different expression of church Right. To make church God's body, his family, more like us rather than us as his bride and his body becoming more like him. Right. And if we're going to do church as family, guys, we've got to be ready to to take on some of these challenges and go for it. You know, a pastor friend of mine, we were sitting down at a barista parlor actually talking about, you know, church membership and how to talk about church membership in a day and age where so many people don't necessarily belong to one particular family. I mean, they consider themselves to be more monastic or mystical or spiritual nomads, they may call themselves. But according to Psalm 92, when it talks about being rooted, when it talks about being planted in the house of the Lord, that is the place where strength actually occurs and fruitfulness happens. And so we were talking about the conversation. I'll give you guys an example. If I had two pots, I almost went to Kroger and bought them, but I thought it would be an expensive illustration. So just use your imagination. So if I had two pots up here, right, and they they both, uh, you know, had a a tree of some sort, like, planted in them, right, and we could use these two pots as an illustration for two different church members. right? And this this one church member over here on this side, uh, you know, they're deeply rooted. They're deeply invested in their church. And not everything's perfect about their church. There's things in the pot, you know, that need some tweaking. Maybe some balances are off. It's not a perfect environment. But you know what? They're planted, and they're rooted, and they're grounded, and they're, they're sticking to it despite the fact that storms are happening around the tree every now and then, despite the fact that there's some uncomfortable circumstances that are taking place around the tree every now and then. How many of you guys know that trees get strong in the winter? Right? They can strut their stuff in the summer. But it's in the winter seasons that trees actually are fortified. It's going through the bitter cold, right? That is when the tree gets strong. And so despite the circumstances, the trees stay planted. As a result, there is a firm foundation that takes root. There is a strength that's developed from the inside out. And eventually, there is fruitfulness that happens as a result. Now, we could look at another example, you know, church member number two planted in this pot, and instead of being firmly, deeply rooted in the pot, it is just sort of loosely setting on top of the soil because you never want to commit too much to one place because somebody might plant something that's newer and shinier and better and more attractive and more comfortable for me, so I don't want to be too invested over here because I may need to uproot, and I don't want to have to disentangle myself from too many relationships, so I don't want to make too many friends at church. I just want to go in and get what I need, it's like a Ponderosa buffet, and then sort of back out slowly without meeting too many people or falling in love, and then you see what I'm saying—wandering around because you know I'm evolved. I'm actually—I've got a, you know—I've got a higher intellect, right? Than the rest of these guys can't believe them committed to a church. God. Here's what's unfortunate about it. Is that because no roots ever, you know, ever go down deep? Yeah. Then, then it's there's no strength there. Right. Right. Yep. So when the storms come, yep. and when uncomfortable circumstance happens, tree falls over. Yeah. Tree's down and out for five months. Yep. There's no community surrounding them to help say, "No, stay up, yeah. stay strong. You got this. You can weather the storm." Let me put a stake in the ground next to you. I got you. Come on. You get what I'm saying? And, and so this tree just falls over. And here's what's terrible about this is that initially, in the moment, in the short term, there's not a whole lot here that looks different from this and that. This one's firmly planted, but it's not bearing fruit yet. It doesn't necessarily look any stronger than this one, but this one is loosely planted. But in the long term, this tree bears fruit, whereas this tree remains weak, immature, and is not fruitful at all. So it is important. You guys getting this illustration? It is important that as Psalm 92 says, I'm not just making it up because I'm trying to get, get you to commit to a program. I'm sharing it with you from 92 because I feel like that this is something that if we would catch, we'd actually be able to develop a lot more than we thought possible. We can bear fruit through any season, but it's not gonna happen as a result of isolation and us figuring things out all by ourselves by way of podcast. And books, those things are great, but they're more of a to spiritual community. They are not the meal. You you guys getting anything out of this? Listen, I know it's not an easy one to say amen to. That's why we sang in the beginning. I know it's not an easy one to say amen to. Look, to do this and do it right, we got to actually cut against the grain of culture. Because it's not what the pervasive understanding of the culture is around us. If our needs are not being met, Bounce. You know, if my false identity is not being assaged, eject. You know, if people are not supporting me and what I deem as most important in my life right now, I leave. You know, but I think that to do church as family and to invite people to the table, we actually have to have something to offer. More than just weak and brittle branches that don't bear fruit, but that are planted loosely in a really cool pot. Do you see? It's cool. Like, we're even talented. Like, it looks good. It's painted black. I mean, who paints their church all black? (laughs) Listen, your cool has a shelf life. But Psalm 92 92 said that your fruit, even in your old age. So, I mean, you want to be cool or you want to be fruitful? Come on. Because you can be cool and malnourished. You can be cool, and when people approach you for something, you don't have anything to offer them. You know, except for the images you got on your phone. Look at me. Look how cool I am. Yeah, but I came for spiritual food. I came for some nourishment. I thought you might have something to help me. Well, well you know, you could... Maybe come to my church and I can introduce you to my pastor. And then hopefully, you know, he can pray for you and you can get a word or he has some time and he can disciple you. No, you're called to be a disciple. This is Christ's great commission. They came to you because Jesus said you had something to respond to them with. Not for you to grab them by the ankle and take them to a spiritual leader like, hey, disciple them. That's why it's important that we have fruit. we got to have something to feed other people with. Like if you get shook. that's That's a word, right? I'm shook. When you're shook, what falls off your branches? Can anybody eat from the fruit and the strength and the nourishment that you have stored up in the secret history of your soul with God? Or do all they see is a brittle branch? fallen from the top of the mountain of culture that they so greatly took for the Lord. It just, it just takes a different spirit, man. It takes a different spirit. It cuts against the grain of culture. And honestly, I know it's an invitation and I'm opening it. I'm opening it. I don't even know if I'm ready, but is that cool? Is that cool? I don't even know if I'm ready for that, but I'm gonna try I'm gonna keep saying it. I've been saying it for seven years I've been I, I've messed it up a whole bunch of times but like I, I'll repent and say let's do it again let's go again I didn't get it right but we're together right let me read one more passage of scripture over you guys and we'll we'll go in Romans 4:25. I couldn't help but to end this with Jesus. He was handed over to die because of our sins. Yes. He was raised to life to make us right with God. You notice that this passage did not say that he was handed over to die for himself, that he was resurrected for himself. He was handed over to die for you and I, for for us, for them, right? The spirit and the mind of Christ must become the spirit and the mind of the church. If we're really going to do church as family, we can no longer do church for ourselves. But we do it for him and we do it for them. We do it for him. And we do it for them. And if that's not where you are right now, that's okay. You're accepted. You're loved. You're blessed. We're for you. What can we give to you? How can we serve you? How can we help you? We're for you. And we want you to get rooted. And here's why. Because we want you to grow. Because where the enemy has said that you are weak, God says you're strong. But not in isolation, in community, in family, in friendship, in love and in connection with other human beings. Who are all looking at him saying, here's where the strength comes from. When you've forgotten, we're here on Sunday, here's where the strength comes from. When you don't know who you are, let us remind you, here's where the strength comes from. You can grow. Let's go together. There's an African proverb that said, if you want to go fast go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. And and let me tell you guys something. This this is my closing statement. This is real. Now, I'm going to show you how real it is. I literally have Speed Racer tattooed on my arm. Right here, Speed Racer, the the cartoon. Because everything in my life, up until I planted a church, was all about going fast. I, I hated leading mission trips. You know why? Because I hated waiting on people. I I could not find them the right food. I'm like, no, I don't care. Like, I'm not going to figure out how to make you sleep more comfortably. I'm doing this by myself. And, And you know what's, you know what happened? I got conditioned in that season to say that this is the way you do ministry. You just can't wait on people. You can't, you can't help anybody else like come along. Either they get it or they don't. Either they're in or they're out. You know, we're doing the Lord's work. And, and, and what I'm telling you is is like is it uh, what I'm recognizing this is what I'm recognizing. If we do, fa- if we do it as a family, we do it, we do it patiently. Look we don't have to be Nashville's quickest growing church tomorrow or ever. We just got to be what God's asked us to be and be settled and sound in that and love one another and serve one another and worship Jesus with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love our neighbor as ourselves, and minister to people out of the abundance of God's grace. It's actually quite simple. So let's stand. In every way possible, I've attempted not to preach at you honestly but to really just talk with you this is not a classic sermon where I give you four points and six scriptures this is a conversation on culture that makes us us this makes us us this is who we are, this is our church you guys cool with it? Yes. alright, well the worship team's going to sing one song and going to close us out but as we do that I just want to bless you in prayer. Lord, we thank you for the family that is here today. And I recognize that the invitation that you're giving us, it's not just a sermon, but it's the invitation that you're giving us to be a family is going to cost us something. But Lord, may we count it all as joy. May we count every sacrifice and all of the suffering as joy because it's not worthy to be compared to the glory that God has for us. Let us let our guard down. Let us soften up a little bit. Let us humble ourselves and pray. Let us, you know, repent and and be honest and be real and vulnerable and courageous with our hearts and just go deeper. Make us a church that functions like a family and feels like a home make us a church that functions like a family and feels like a home. And if you're in and you're ready to do it, just say amen. Amen.